Hi, I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. Hope you're all uh, keeping well tonight. Um, tonight's the, I think it's the 14th in a weekly series myself and Dr Sunny have been going through. Hi Sunny and hi Stephen, hope you're both well. Um, we've we've been following our uh, our journey using ultrasound in our aesthetics work and we've been speaking to um, specialists from around the world over the last month or so and tonight we've got um, a particular specialist who loves lip treatments in particular. I'll just add Sunny, I won't be a second. There we go. I won't be a second, Steve. I'll add Sunny. Um, Sunny's been on holiday for the last two weeks and he's back tonight, so I'm looking forward to actually doing a live with him again. Hi, Sunny. Hi, good, good. You should add Steve as well, because he's the star. Yes, so I'm gonna star. I'm gonna yeah. add Steve right this second. Won't be a sec, Stephen. So we'll let him appear any second now. It shouldn't be long. You've been well, have you, uh, Sonny? Hi, guys. Um, yeah, no, I've been well. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly jet lagged, but I'll let, I'll let you guys crack on. Enough about me because uh, we've got to welcome, uh, obviously, Dr. Harris, Stephen. Uh, yeah. We'll start off. So yeah. This is this is Dr. Stephen Harris from North London, um, who uh, runs the Harris Clinic. And thanks very much for joining us tonight, Steve. Thanks a lot yeah, for that. It's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for having me. Um, have you enjoyed our previous lives? I think you've been watching very them, haven't you? So. Very much so. When it comes to ultrasound, I enjoy everything. Good. <laughs> well, that's, that's specifically why um, we thought it'd be interesting to have you on tonight because we've been speaking to specialists and practitioners who deal with ultrasound in facial aesthetics work. Um, and you are well known um, amongst practitioners and the public alike, particularly because of your strong views of lip augmentation work. So I think it would be, uh, it would be, it's given us a great opportunity to speak to you about your work and also about this um, ultrasound work and lip filler treatments as well. So we'll, um, I'll let Sunny start actually. We thought we'd talk a little bit about and the background. Of... Is, well, hi to everyone who's joined. Yeah. yeah. Hi, everyone. There's lots of people joining, so thanks everyone for actually um, watching this lab. I hope they all enjoy it. We're going to talk a little bit about your background first, um, how we've got into the area of facial aesthetic work, and we'll talk about lip filler treatments and the use of ultrasound in lip augmentation work a little later on. People don't have to wait for too long. We will get on with it, so don't worry about that. But I'll let Sunny, um, I'll let Sunny perhaps start off with the first lot of questions. We're really looking at your background and seeing how you started in the area. So I'll, I'll let Sunny continue if you want, Sunny. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say, it's not just because I've come back from holiday. I think the number of people watching is really down to, to Stephen. So that, that, it's really good that we've got uh, so many people joining us. I'd love to say all their names, but it won't. But Stephen, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, um, obviously, both Viv and I have followed your career, so we know you quite well, I'm sure, <laughs> judging by some of these comments, that some people are looking forward to having treatments with you. So that's amazing. Um, <laughs> but focusing on ultrasound, we've spoken a lot about what attracted us to ultrasound, especially yeah. in our clinics? Um, what was it that What was it that struck you? You know, why did you invest in ultrasound? Um, 
first off? That was, my, that was one of the questions well, I wanted it, to ask. Yeah, no, good question. It grabbed me immediately. I think it was a uh, talk by uh, Kate Goldie. Uh, this is actually a, before the uh, pandemic where they were doing a live ultrasound on stage. And to me, this was like a, a complete light bulb uh, uh, moment and uh, um, something I realized I needed to incorporate immediately. I mean, the thought of just being able to see what we are actually doing to me was a, a, a no-brainer in terms of uh, both safety and uh, efficacy. So I started exploring it uh, immediately. And then the moment I could, I got the uh, carriers, the handheld device, and uh, jumped into it. And uh, I did an online course. There it is. Um, I don't work for them, so there's no, not a KOL or anything like that, but um, it's a fantastic uh, device. And then I got started doing uh, Leone's online course, um, and this was quite some time ago, um, and really threw myself into it um, and have been using it and using it regularly, um, daily for the last uh, year or so, I would say. So that's, I mean, that's quite important for any practitioners joining us who maybe are, you know, just got an ultrasound device or mm. are thinking about getting it. How did you start off using it in a daily practice? Obviously, you mentioned you did the courses, which are, are useful, but implementing uh, academic knowledge is sometimes a bit difficult, especially in, in yeah, practice. You know, I felt very passionately about it. And as I said, I threw myself into it. I mean, I was busy ultrasounding my face, uh, anyone I could find. And that's the way to do it. It's really to jump into it, to see the value of it and to really engage it and to embrace it. I feel um, really it is such a, uh, a revolution in, in aesthetic medicine. And uh, it's something we really need to uh, be taking on and, and embracing wholeheartedly. And so I think that that was the key, the, the kind of uh, realizing the value of it and, and throwing myself uh, into it. So wherever I had the chance to do it, I would do it. And, you know, it's, a, it's, it's quite a steep learning curve, isn't it? But uh, like anything else, the more you do it, the more you practice, the better you get at it. I mean, still today, I mean, I, I mean I'm learning new things pretty much every day about I it. I think what... what what we i mean we definitely would be interested in what was the defining moment so obviously you saw that light bulb moment with kate golden mm -hmm. stage yeah you bought the clarius and then was there a defining moment in clinic where you had a particular case that you were looking at where you just thought this is really gonna revolutionize my treatment efficacy oh i put it on lips i just looked at those lips and, and saw everything inside and i was like okay I'm sold. I'm sold. You know, it was just, uh, it was just fantastic to actually see it rather than just sort of looking at it at, at images or, or on textbook to actually see that kind of real, uh, real time anatomy in front of me. And uh, I knew straight away that, uh, you know, this would really change my practice. And it has in, in so many ways, really. So one of the practicalities that we've discussed, Viv and I, is that you know, we, in aesthetics, obviously, we're a bit time-driven in clinic. So how have you managed to yeah. incorporate that additional time where you're ultrasounding and then injecting? Have you extended your treatment times or have you kind of incorporated yeah. into it? So with difficulty initially, I mean, we extended our appointment times anyway since the, the pandemic, as I'm sure a lot of others have done anyway, you know. Uh, to answer all the COVID questionnaires and so forth and so forth. But yes, it, it's, it, it, it's quite slow initially, but uh, it gets faster. 
and uh, the more you do it, the faster it gets. And so now it's literally, it's like, it, it takes a couple of minutes to do some vascular mapping. Um, and even ultrasound guided injections are, are, very, are very quick now for me. But yes, it's something that you have to do regularly and uh, practice, practice, practice like anything else. Good, good. I've, I've got, I, let me ask a couple more and then we'll go to, yeah, yeah. to um, so one of the things I wanted to ask um, Stephen, because you, you do, you train as well. Have you incorporated ultrasound training into what, in any of your own courses at the moment or are you, are you yeah, thinking of doing yeah. it? So yes, I did some training courses um, with Leonie. Um, I did her online course and then I did um, hands-on course with her and then we did, uh, we started our um, own course uh, recently um, with Sabrina and uh, with Yusra, Dr. Yusra and Dr. Sabrina Shah Desai. You know, we all have our uh, areas of speciality and uh, so Sabrina obviously the eyes and, and Yusra the nose and me the lower face and, and, and uh, the, the lips. And so we've, uh, we've joined forces and we've uh, already done one of our courses and uh, the next one is planned for September 17th, a very sort of practical hands-on course, you know, bringing our own experience and, and experiences and, and sharing it. Good, uh, and that's in September, is it? So is that- We're, we're, we're spreading the love, we're spreading Yeah, the love. yeah definitely, definitely. One last one, um, because Viv is, I'm sure, dying to ask some questions and before I fall asleep from jet lag. Um, <laughs> Um, and it, you, we might combine it a bit later. Obviously, in our industry, although it's unregulated and hopefully it's, it's you know things are on the foot in terms of regulation yeah, trends. What what we're really interested in to help people watching now is where do you see? And let's focus perhaps on lips, make it really kind of niche. Is where do you see the use of ultrasound in lips coming? Now at the moment, we mentioned vascular mapping. Do you see a time when we're actually injecting with ultrasound as well at the same time, and not just for complications? Yeah, 100%. Look, it's a bit difficult to do at the moment with the handheld ultrasound device. It's like, uh, I, I, I keep comparing it to like the first mobile phone, you know, it's a bit heavy, a bit clunky. And it, it's not very comfortable putting it on a patient's lips and then trying to, to navigate uh, uh, with it. Um, so I think these devices are going to get a lot more uh, sophisticated. Um, and, and, you know, Viv's already doing some uh, amazing um, uh, imagery there, uh, computer-generated imagery, and there's 3D um, ultrasound on the way. So things are getting a lot more sophisticated. And so, yes, I think that um, there, there could be a time, and I think there probably will be a time, when we pretty much do everything under ultrasound because we can actually see what's going on. I mean, to me, it's a, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. But I still think we have a, a way to go in terms of developing, uh, developing the, the ultrasound devices themselves and making them more sophisticated and applicable to, to, to what it is that we're doing. Um, although it's pretty good at the moment, pretty good. Viv, that's a perfect yeah. uh, um, word is interlude or a point where we can uh, talk, you've got your question, so go ahead. Yeah. One question I did want to ask you, Steve, yeah. was um, what do your patients think of you using the ultrasound? Do they enjoy the fact that they can see exactly what you're seeing? Absolutely. You know, it's so reassuring to the patients, isn't it? I'm sure you guys have found yeah. uh, the same. And yeah. they, they, they're very interested in it as well. Yeah. You know? So if you, if, you, if you show it to them and you can see them pointing at the screen, and so it's a very engaging uh, process and fills them with reassurance and uh, confidence. So uh, there, there's a, a, an important point as well. 
um, yeah. so, you know, in terms of safety, efficacy, but also for marketing, uh, you know, if, if that's your kind of line. Uh, so whichever yeah. way you look at it, it's good. And in, in terms of trends, we, um, the, the people are going to be well accustomed to your views of lip augmentation that's carried out around the UK and around the world. You've got very strong views, and I think, I think <laughs> it's good to be able to share those views with different people. Um, in terms of your description, alienization, particularly with lip fillers, um, when did that begin? How, how long ago did you think there was a problem in terms of lip filler treatments? Well, I think we're in the, and, and, and you have to admit this, we're in the midst of an epidemic of lip filler spread um, involving distortions. And I think lips in particular are, are this area of the face, which uh, I think are probably the most difficult uh, to, to really get right. They're the most artistic, they're um, uh, anatomically very complex. We're still learning a lot uh, about them. Um, yeah. I think so. It's it's a a very very uh, difficult thing to get right, and I think to get it right, one really has to uh, well, we have to really understand the anatomy, starting with embryology and the tubercles, which are completely ignored, um, and then we really need to develop our artistic senses, our artistic acumen. I think we've been so caught up in formulas and codes and golden ratios and, and, and all that nonsense, uh, which is a diversion away from um, our artistic sides. And really, that's what we need to get in touch with. And uh, I think it's great that we're, you know, talking about all this technology and how it's developing, but we're, we're, we're ignoring this, this artistic side. Uh, and it's, it's going to, it's going, we're going to need to address it uh, at some stage, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. we could use art classes to our conferences. Somehow, I was, gonna, I was just going to ask, what, what would you suggest? Because, you know, now and again, I mean, there is definitely artistic sides. I've seen some of Viv's work, uh, very artistic, and yours as well. Um, I, I'm not that arrogant. I think there are some my... very artistic people in our field, and I think there are probably a lot of people who are artistic but don't realise it because they yeah. get yeah. caught up in this yeah. kind of formulaic approach, which is which is taught by pharma, you know, I mean, the majority of our education is pharma led and, and at the end of the day for them, it's about sales. It's about selling and all this nonsense with rheology. So, so we really, I think, need to take a step back and, uh, and, and get in touch with our artistic science. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in terms of the ultrasound, as, I, as, as we mentioned, I, I use a Clarius L20 HD. I'm not affiliated with Clarius either, um, but I've used that for probably for the last seven, eight months now uh, yeah. with Sunny as well. We've grown accustomed to it. We carry out work in a certain way. We follow protocols in, in certain types of uh, scanning that we do. And we've what used to the benefits of having ultrasound in our work, and I'm sure you have as well. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to show um, the viewers the types of things that the ultrasound can help us with, particularly with lip augmentation work. So let me just get this. So this just shows. Oh, okay. That's one of my one of uh, uh, earlier um, posts uh, showing, yes. the, uh, showing the label artery over there. Uh, yeah. It, Basically, giving a demonstration of vascular mapping so we can actually see um, what's under the skin. And Yeah, and actually, I put one on today in my um, 
the stalk showing actually a very superficial position of the superior labial artery in the subcutaneous uh, layer and, uh, and, and, and the filler right there with the artery skirting around it. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and had the practitioner um, actually used ultrasound, then this could have been avoided. So there, there's an example. Yeah, this, um, there's a scan here I've got. This is one of the scans I've done uh, a while back. Just shows the position of the inferior labial artery close to the muscle, low down, luckily, not superficial. Yeah. But without an ultrasound scanner, we, I wouldn't be able to tell anything about where the potential problem of an occlusion could be. Um, I'm sure you've found yourself when you've used the scanner during a vascular mapping process, yeah. it's helped you to plan a treatment much more effectively and safely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, just one the other day with a nasolabial fold, you know, and, uh, you know, that angular artery uh, can be found is, found, is often found deep more than you think. And, uh, um, and that can change the way that you inject because traditionally we go down to, you know, the periosteum and we, we try to inject there. But of course that would change if you actually can see the artery there. And I keep on talking also about the deep, uh, the deep, the deep temporal artery, which is and 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 so forth. So, so what we see on the ground in in real time is often different to what we're uh, taught or shown in in the textbooks, and that makes all the difference to treatment. Yeah. Um, there's another scan I've got here. This is the um, upper lip. I'll get this up for you. Give me one second. Oh my god. Um, so this shows again. Um, this is a superior labial artery at the top lip, and I've got a yeah, I've got a demonstration coming up of, of um, measurement using the measurement tool, so we can see the depth of the of the vessel. Um, it's going to come up in any second now. Just shows you where the actual artery is. With the device, we can use a measurement tool, so we can work out the distance um, from the skin surface to where that artery would be, yeah. and. In this particular case, 5.6 millimetres. If we've got a good idea of where a potential problem could be, um, we're more likely to take advantage of that and use it to our benefit and the benefit of our patients, minimising harm to them. Do, do, do you see you see these problems every day in terms of your the clinics that you run with lip augmentation and fixing problems in particular? Yeah, I run what I uh, used to call the dissolving clinic, but I changed the name to uh, the normalization clinic because it's not just uh, dissolving, but it's normalizing uh, results as well. And it's, it's, it's a very, very busy clinic, um, especially relating to lips. Yeah. And um, if you look at ultrasound, just one other thing, um, especially when it comes to lips, you realize how small the safer area for injection is in the dry vermilion, you know. Yeah. And uh, just from, from my experience, and, and this is something where rheology may come into play too, because I do tend to use a hydrophilic filler, but um, not it, that area, that safer area for injection will not take more than 0 0.3 to 0 0.5 ml, okay? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I've recorded it and, and, and can show it. And, um, and, and I think that Patients have this idea they're coming for one mil and the practitioner thinks, okay, they have to give them one mil or whatever, but they're injecting that one mil in and it's spilling out, it's spilling over. And I think that's, that's, that's the issue that I'm dealing with mostly um, at, the, uh, at my normalization clinic, which is basically then uh, reversing all the filler and, uh, and, and starting again from scratch. 
Um, so if you're if you're going to inject, try to get a whole mill in there, it's going you you're, you're going to you know you're going to breach the anatomical uh, uh, borders of the of of the lip. And, so Stephen, uh, just on on that note, because I know that there is a lot of practitioners watching, and they probably have this. If I'm if I'm thinking it, they may be thinking it as well. Um, we're used to discussing complications, just as you said, normalization clinic and dissolving. So how, so when you've got those patients back in, perhaps where you've done the normalization, what language do you use with them in regards to their, to, to kind of counteract this kind of, you know, we're going to use a mill or we're going to use, how do you, what kind of language do you use with them to kind of meet their expectations, exceed them in regards to this, you know, the, the treatment with you in regards to their lips? Yeah, I think the, so, Payment is, I, what I tell them is payment is for the result rather than for the, for the mill. So the moment we get the result we want, then we stop, regardless of whether it's 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, right? So you're not paying for the 0 0.1 mill. You're paying for the, for the result. And, and this, is, this is what we want to do. Um, yeah, Instagram is a great uh, filtering system in, in a sense. So I think patients who come to me know what to, what to expect as well. So they, they, they know that um, they're going to get a subtle and, and natural looking result. They won't come to me for something uh, exaggerated. And it isn't to say that, you know, people can't do what they want, but we need to consider the risks involved with exaggerating features, and that's the point. So one isn't trying to be paternal and trying to tell patients what to do with their faces, but rather raise awareness and you know make them aware of of, of what the issues are surrounding uh, you know lip filling and overfilling, uh, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. There was, um, there was another potential use of um, using the ultrasound, Stephen, um, guided guided ultrasound. Yeah. These aren't these aren't all lip filler treatments. These are a couple of slightly different ones. This is one of you injecting under the DAO muscle. So this shows you injecting under the DAO right. under the yeah. edge of the mouth um, using guided ultrasound. So it shows just what can be done using ultrasound scanners um, in within a clinic. Um, I'll get one more. This one is in the eye area. Oh, let me just pop that up. Oh, just, yeah, the, that just to show how it can be used with uh, with uh, with toxin as well. Yes. Especially in the massive, yeah. actually, although that's an eye one, but especially in the massive, I think it can be very useful. Yeah. I've got one more here. This is the temple filler. This That's is one I did. For me. Yes, it is. This is one of your temple filler treatment that I yes. carried out some augmentation work for. You used a guided ultrasound to yes. place the fillers within the interfascial plane. That's what you've done there is just, uh, it's fantastic, honestly. It just gives a much easier view of the scan, um, particularly for teaching purposes. I think it's exactly. a good... it shows you it's, it's, it's the, the kind of direction I think ultrasound is heading in, where, where it's becoming more user friendly and easier for sure. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, getting on to the area that you're particularly involved in, assessing and treating complications. Um, ledge. Um, yes, uh, dissolving filler uh, ledges on the lip. But, Caused by filler treatment. I know where the talk's going. We're, we're, we're heading towards Russian lips. I can feel it. 
<laughs> it's just that there's a lot of views of lip treatments. Everyone's got a view of how a lip treatment should be, whether you do tenting, whether you don't do tenting. I, I personally do. I've been trained with Julie Horn. I've trained with Tom Van Eyck. But let me um, tell you, Tom, Tom Van Eyck, and again, I, I think he's uh, um, an absolute brilliant injector. So again, it, it's not aimed at uh, criticizing him as a, as a person, as an injector. He's, you know, it's just talking about the procedure in its, itself. And you can see how actually with respect to tenting, how that's changed. Because I think he came up with it in 2005, I think, where actually the injections were through the white roll, right? Because the idea was to define it, to, to define it right? And that's, that's how it started. But look at how it's changed over the years. It's then moved to the Vermilion border Yes. So let's in, so no one so less and less people now inject the white roll sensibly. I've got uh, that to and show. Right. So you and, and you and can so talk about they, actually, Steve. Yeah, and so they so, moved now to the uh, uh, to to the Vermilion border, and now the latest is, and, and you can see this on on Instagram. People are now advocating. So now inject just a millimeter in front or below the border. So do you see how it's transitioned? And so right. So I think, and this has taken since 2005. So what are we talking about? 17 years or so. Look at how long, so, right? So I think the next step is, and it, to me it makes sense, but maybe I'm biased, is now to start addressing the tubercles, you see? Yes. Because that, that is something which has been completely ignored. Um, so the idea now is to get this vertical height, right? Everyone's talking about this vertical height. And ultrasound actually shows us that it actually, the, the filler organizes itself along a path of least resistance, okay? And so what you can see time and again, and I see this in my clinic time and again, is the patient who had tenting will come and you can't see these vertical strands. I don't care what filler you're using, filler will not hold up the lip, it will not lift. It just doesn't work that way. No matter what rheology you throw with dynamic, this or that, it just expression technology, this technology, it organizes along a plane of least resistance, which in the lip tends to be more, uh, tends to be more this way, tends to be more horizontal. And so to me, that, that is something which is, uh, which, which, is, which is really interesting. So this whole concept of vertical height, I think needs to be challenged. Now, the only time I see the vertical height maintained is in a particular lip type. And we've, we've looked, we're doing a, a very large study now looking at lip classification in terms of tubercles. And there is a particular lip type which responds well, very well to tenting. Why? Because tenting enhances it. But for the other lip types and other lip shapes, it changes it. It changes the, the, the way the lip looks or the ideal lip shape to the one type. And we've identified that tenting and Russian lip technique consistently produce the same lip type for everyone. Right. Continu okay, and that to me, that to me is a problem. It's an, it's, it's an issue. Besides the other risk factors of going down to the wet dry border and so forth. So have you, um, me, have you found that there's an, is it, is it from a certain ethnic group uh, a certain demographic 
that respond most well? Which one is it? I mean, correct. So yes, in, in, in uh, African African uh, people, for example, um, or in certain Af um, Afro-Caribbean people, um, but also actually it's across, we, we found it across uh, cult cultural groups and ethnicities. Basically the lip type is one um, um, which is uh, flatter and actually vertical. So the tubercles are not as prominent and in that case, tenting will actually um, help. It will enhance it. But in all the other lip types, for example, where you have a single tubercle, people have this idea that you always have three tubercles on the top, two on the bottom. It doesn't work that way because there, if, if, if you look at embryology, you'll see that the, the tubercles, which are essentially remnants um, of development, organize themselves or fuse, can fuse to form a single tubercle, for example, in the upper lip. So in the upper lip, the most common type we've identified, type one, we call it, is a large central uh, tubercle, you see. And what, what tenting will do going from the sides like this is it will flatten the, uh, the lower margin of the upper lip, for example, and bring it up and create this ledge, which is, which is changing the lip type. And so you say, well, okay, so what's the problem with changing the lip type? Uh, well, the thing is, human diversity is something we need to be celebrating. And, uh, right? So we don't want to make everyone look the same because, as I keep saying, true beauty lies in diversity. And, and surely we, 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 we can agree on that. So we need to be celebrating this. So we need to find a way of enhancing the presenting lip shape and lip type rather than making everyone look the same which is what's going on now right no, so exactly. we need to change that so this is what we're looking at at the moment and we're doing a very large study involving 214 subjects and i'm working on it right now and hopefully um this will be uh, published soon um but that's that's where i stand uh, on on the topic of well, that's uh, that's hot off the press for us excuse me so when when yeah. will you, when will you be when will we finish when will you present it um well it's pretty much presented. So we've got the results in. There were four of us, including um, Greg Brand, who's a lip surgeon, and two other colleagues um, of mine, a cosmetic doctor and a cosmetic uh, dentist. Dentists, very important. Um, and um, so, and we looked at uh, interator reliability. So we, 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 we um, took my um, classification system, which is on Instagram, but we simplified it and changed it. And we, we got and, and we looked at it and rated, rated the different lip types. And uh, there was, there was a, a very good reliability enough for it to be published. And so that's what we're going to be, uh, that's what we're doing at the moment. I'm just sort of uh, writing it up, which is taking a bit longer than I thought. We're, uh, we, it sounds like we're distracting you from it a little bit. Um... <laughs> got it right here. No, it's really interesting to hear. You, you talk about this whole subject of, of research. Um, we need to discuss the way people work in terms of carrying out procedures because, as you say, there has to be an artistic element to all the work that we do. It can't be just about injecting in a certain way. Um, so I think art is a really important aspect of the work that we do for patients. Um, how do you deal, Stephen, with... I know there's a lot of... Of, of issues with different viewpoints about your work. Like, I, 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 I don't agree with you completely <laughs> based on what you said. You, you know that. 
and we have a conversation. But if you go to some of my posts and look at the comments, you'll yeah. see what Tom Descartes refers to as practitioner with big shoes, right? Yes. Yeah. So, meaning big egos. And, um, you know, we're not going to advance um, ourselves at all, um, you know, if, if we cannot have, I mean, just a basic discussion like we're having now where we can disagree um, yeah. and, and, and do so in a way which is uh, constructive and helpful to everyone rather than just thinking about ourselves and our stupid egos. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you, you have a lot of, uh, of, um, of comments on your post when you, when you mention things like tenting, um, about alienization. You get a lot of criticism, you get a lot of people agreeing with you, but um, it needs to be constructive, doesn't it? I think the whole issue about science is it has to help people by carrying, being carried out properly and comments need to be constructive in, in how they're portrayed. Um, what do you think about some of the comments that you get in, in your post, your personal view of those comments? I mean, I, I would let people be the judge of that, really. I, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to have any sort of meaningful uh, discussion, uh, you know, when, 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 when there's so much ego in, involved. Um, and so, you know, one tries, but then you kind of go, okay, well, you know, this is not going to, uh, this is not going to go anywhere. And then you kind of uh, take a step back. Um, but thankfully, there are enough people uh, in our, our field who, um, who will engage in, in a way which is uh, constructive as, as we are doing here. And so overall, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. But, you know, just going back to ultrasound, I mean, any change is going to involve some resistance, which we're, we're, we're definitely seeing uh, at, at the moment. And so one needs to accept that people are going to, uh, you know, take this technology on at different rates or some may, may not even at all. Um, you know, the ones who know everything are just not going to. And so these are the kind of things that we need to also uh, accept um, as well. So there needs to be a degree of compassion and understanding, I think, in all this as well. I, although, although I don't agree with everything you say about lip augmentation, I do agree with you about the ultrasound aspect of this. And for those that perhaps think of ultrasound as, an, as um, a process that isn't required, the, the technology might be great, but they don't need to use it in their clinics. I think the same as you, without that, um, safety is, is affected, patient safety is affected, efficacy is definitely affected. And I think the more, um, the more research that's carried out by individuals around the world and practitioners like Leone, um, Leone Schelker in the Netherlands and Tom, Tom Descartes as well, without their work, um, we're not going to learn enough about the benefits of using ultrasound. And for you as a practitioner, Steve, how do you think things may progress in future? What would you like to see in the future involving aesthetics and ultrasound? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think it's, it's whether we take it on now or later, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And uh, it is happening already. I, you know, it's, this is not something that you could stave off for, for, for indefinitely. Um, and to, to those practitioners who, who are here who've joined us, I, I really think um, embrace, this, embrace this technology or at least try to find out what it's all about. Um, you know, think about taking a course, reading up on it. Um, this, is, uh, this is the way of the future. And for many of us, it, it is the present. And, and 
what we're doing now. So yeah, I see a day where pretty much all of us uh, or most of us uh, will be using it. And I think patients are actually going to choose to come to those who are using ultrasound because they'll feel more reassured and feel safer. Um, and yeah. that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, what yeah. do you think, Sonny? Yeah, there's, um, if, if I'm quiet, I'm reading through the comments. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of prayers for you, Stephen. A lot of God blesses Dr. Harris, which oh, is great yeah. to see. Um, there was actually a, an interesting question from um, someone that said, it's actually reference to you, but I mean, I'll, I'll phrase it as they said, is that, you know, do, do you do virtual consultations? But taking that question a little bit further is, do you think there is a benefit? Would you agree with doing virtual consultations pre-fillers? Now, we're always tight for time in clinic, aren't we? I personally feel that for a filler consultation, it needs to be face-to-face. -face, it needs to be a cooling off period afterwards, um, yeah. depending, on, you know, depending on how well you know the patient. But virtual consultations, pre-filler, I mean, what's your view on that, especially for lips as well? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. There's also an issue with uh, sort of looking at someone on the screen uh, in two dimensions, and that is uh, when, when they arrive, there is, uh, we see them in, in three dimensions, and that can really alter uh, uh, treatment. So, for example, they may have certain asymmetries, rotation, for example, the lips, which you can't pick up when it's flattened on 2D. Um, and I've had that because we do get lots of uh, visitors from overseas and they send photos and then they'll come and they sit in front of me and I'm like, uh oh, this, you know, it, it's quite, it's different. So I think uh, there, there are limitations uh, to, uh, to uh, virtual uh, uh, consultations. However, I know, I know many um, uh, doctors or practitioners uh, and so forth who, who do use them uh, successfully. So I, for me, I would tend to agree with you, Sonny. I, I prefer the sort of one-on-one -on -one, uh, consultation in person because, you know, you also, you get a different feel. There's different energy as well, which is important, different cues, which you can't really pick up on because, you know, psychology is a, a, a big part of what we do as well, let's face it. And uh, so, so, so I think that needs to be done in person. So for those prospective patients that are uh, wanting to see Dr. Harris, book in, for maybe seven days in London, see him on day one, and then make sure then you got you have a face to face, and then see him afterwards. Uh, virtual consultations. You 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 heard it here first. Yeah. Viv, I'm just well, conscious of time, and obviously Stephen's got to get his study published as well. Should we wrap it up yeah. today? <laughs> no, it's been great talking with you, Stephen. We, we could talk all day without any problem at all. I'm sure. Um, but I just want to say thanks from both of us for um, for giving your knowledge and your experience and. Talking about the fact that ultrasound for, for all of us has been, has been a big benefit and it will continue to help both us and our patients alike. I think we can all agree with that without any question at all. And thanks for um, you guys are doing and, and, and all the interviews and, and sort of, you know, spreading that awareness. That's great. Great to see. Well done. We've got next week, we're very lucky as well as having you this week. Next week, we've got Dr. Stella Desiatnikova. It took me a week to try and figure out how to pronounce that. I still don't know if I've done it right. Um, but she's based in Seattle in the USA. And you yeah. know her well, I think, Stephen. Um, she's going to be joining us next Sunday at 8pm. And we should have a good chat with her as well. The other thing I wanted, I wanted to mention also was... I and Sonny and yourself are all members of CMAP, um, the uh, Complica Complications in Medical Aesthetics Collaborative. Um, you're a board member, I think, aren't you, Stephen? 
That's right. Yeah. So you, there's an organised, um, the first organised meeting for members and non-members. Exactly. Absolutely fantastic. And if you head over to uh, to CMAC, uh, to, to the profile, you'll, you'll get all the details and information. And that's going to be in November. I uh, can't wait for that, really. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be, there's going to be a collection of people, experts from all around the world, talking about complications and ultrasound as well. A lot of talk about ultrasound. Leone yeah. um, Shelker, Tom DeCartis. Um, there's a whole load of people that are going to be there, including yourself. Um, hopefully I'll be there. So he may well end up there because he's got other uh, training commitments as well, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's only because um, um, Lee is a booked a cadaver course on that same weekend. So I'm, uh, I'm a bit yeah. torn, but anyway, we'll see, mm. we'll see. But uh, that's November the 19th and 20th. It's going to be a great couple of days. Yeah, um, so I think that there will be an ultrasound course. One yes. Day yeah, Leone yeah. just mentioned that, that there'll be an ultrasound yeah. course one day before CMAC Congress as well. So really looking forward to that. Get in there. Gosh. Gee, it's going to be a good couple of days then. Good three days, I think. Uh, looking Absolutely. forward to that. Um, but that's it. Um, I think we'll wind up there. I just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, Stephen for both of us. Um, is there anything you, you wanted to say as a final comment, Stephen? Anything at all? Good yeah. work, guys. Seriously, I think we've uh, covered everything we uh, we need to, and I, I think you guys are doing a great job. And uh, yeah, let's keep on let's keep on spreading awareness um, the way the way you guys are and the way we're doing. Great. Okay, then. Thanks a lot, Stephen. And um, keep in touch. And hopefully in the future, we may, we may well have another live with you. We're talking about different subjects as well. Sounds good. I really enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Thanks, Stephen. Great. Appreciate okay, it. Then. Thanks a lot. Yes. Bye-bye.